0: Welcome to the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, where we do Christmas all year round in alphabetical order. I'm your host, I'm called Wayne, I'm based in Manchester in England, but this podcast looks at Christmas all over the world. Every two weeks we have a look at Christmas traditions, history, some Bible accounts, some stories, some memories, some music, all starting with a single letter of the alphabet. If you're new to the podcast, please do catch up with our earlier episodes. They're not limited by date or time, and you could binge through them between now and Christmas. Hi to Pamela, who sent me some suggestions for today's episode. That was kind of you, because today we've reached the mystery letter. The letter that can stand for anything It marks the spot. It's the great unknown. It's the letter that starts the fewest words of any letter in the English alphabet. It's the letter X. So today we'll be looking at Christmas starting with the letter X. It could be a short episode, maybe. It's all here on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Where X is for Xmas. Let's do a a deep dive into why we call Christmas Xmas. Is it cutting out Christ with a big X? Or is it a bit more complicated than that? Xmas is short for Christmas. And it shouldn't really be pronounced Xmas. Even if it's spelled Xmas, you should just read it as Christmas. The spelling, X-M-A-S, Xmas, has been around for a long time in English, in which the X is just another way of writing the word Christ. Christ is a title given to Jesus. It means the chosen one, the anointed one. It means the same as the Hebrew word Messiah. In ancient Greek, the first two letters of Christ are the letters Kai which is the K sound, and the letter Rho, which is the R sound. In Greek, uh, in capital letters at least, chi is like a stretched out X, which is written above and below the line, and Rho is written like a stretched out capital P. And when you put the two together, on top of one another, you get a symbol known as the chi Rho. And this symbol, which looks like a big X with a P inside it, has been used to represent Christ, Jesus Christ, since the very early centuries AD. When people in England wrote in Old English and had forgotten how to write Greek, the letters XP in the English alphabet were used as an abbreviation for Christ. As far back as 1100, we have a history book that spells Christmas as X P E S M A S S E, which wouldn't have been pronounced as X P E S M A S S E, but would have been pronounced as Christmas or Christmas or Christmas. The X P would just stand for Christ. Later on, the X P just became an X, X meaning Christ. So, for instance, in 1753, a British diplomat called George Woodward wrote a letter talking about Christmas, and he spelt it Xmas. We've got evidence of that. This was informal language, just like the way you might write a text today and abbreviate a word. In the same way, the poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge wrote a letter in 1801 that included, on Xmas day, I breakfasted with Davy except the Coleridge would never have thought of reading that as Xmas Day. It was just on Christmas Day. Uh, he just wrote the Christmas Day with an X. Over the centuries, the word written Xmas has appeared more in Great Britain than in other countries, but has also increased in usage in American English and in Canada and Australia and the Caribbean and other English-speaking countries. But what has changed recently, and I haven't been able to find out when this started, but certainly in the last century, is that people have not just used the spelling Xmas as a spelling convention to make the word Christmas shorter and easier to write, but people have started saying Xmas as if it were a word in its own right. And if you look it up in a dictionary these days, most dictionaries now have Xmas as a separate entry, and they say that it can be pronounced Xmas or Christmas, when you see it written down as Xmas. And so what's happened more recently is that people have started objecting to Xmas and say, well, it's just cutting Christ out of Christmas. One of the first to raise the issue was C.S. Lewis, who of course knew what he was doing when he wrote about it. C.S. Lewis was best known as the author of the Narnia books. In 1954, Lewis wrote an essay called Xmas and Christmas, and he compared two different winter festivals going on in Britain in this supposed letter that he wrote, and he says... One was the Christian festival of Christmas, the other the secular festival of Xmas. Actually, Lewis always loathed Christmas and hated the way it had been commercialized, and he used the phrase Xmas to sort of stand for all he disliked about Christmas. Some Christian leaders, ever since Lewis, have complained about the term Xmas, perhaps not even realizing that the X. Is simply a shorthand way of writing Christ. I suppose that for some people who use Xmas, it is the way of removing the Christian roots of the festival. Maybe it is that we don't consider that the X means Christ, and many people these days wouldn't know that. Maybe Lewis is right, and Xmas has become the secular alternative to Christmas the way for some people uh, they call Christmas, I don't know, wintermas, or the way in which we're not allowed in some contexts to say happy Christmas but have to say happy holidays. Certainly that's much more common in the States than it is in this country. On the other hand, some people think writing Xmas is just bad English, and some style guides in newspapers don't allow their writers to say Xmas. While for others, well, it's just a convenience, it's just a shorthand, and it really has no implications carried with it at all. What about you? How do you use the word Xmas if you do? Would you ever say it out loud, or do you just write it sometimes? And when you see it written down, what goes on in your head? How do you read the word? Do you read it as Xmas? Is that how you would say it in your head? Or do you just see it as Christmas? We're going to come back to this in a few minutes when we look at some songs that use the word written as Xmas in their title. But for now, let's move on. X is for Xmas, a different way of writing the word Christmas. And this is the X episode of the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. (laughs) Today we're on the letter X in the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, where X is for the X Factor. What I'm talking about here, I'm sure you know, is the X Factor, the TV Talent Programme. The programme started here in Britain and has been produced in more than 50 national versions all over the world. The X Factor is the undefinable star quality that the judges are looking for in a singer or a group. And the winners have often gone on to fame and fortune, or sometimes not. Why is the X Factor appearing on our Christmas alphabet? Because here in Britain, and in some other countries, but particularly here, the X Factor cannot be separated from success in the pop charts at Christmas. I've said before on this pod how culturally important over the years has been the Christmas number one here in this country in Britain, the song that makes it to the top of the pop charts in Christmas week. It's a peculiarly British institution, Christmas number one, but it is part of our Christmas culture here. And because the UK X Factor show always used to run through the autumn, from September to December, and always finished just before Christmas, the winner's single was always released just in time for those lucrative Christmas sales, when more records were sold than any other time of the year. And very often, the X Factor winner's song became Christmas number one. And somehow the X Factor in British culture has become connected with the celebration of Christmas and Christmas music. X Factor ran in Britain for 15 years, from 2004 to 2018. It looks like it's finished now in this country, but you never know if Simon Cowell might try to revive it. Perhaps he'll be feeling a bit short of cash and wants to bring it back. Of the 15 winners' singles, seven of them became... Christmas number one songs. In the first year of X Factor, the winner, Steve Brookstein, got to number one, but after Christmas, wasn't able to remove Band-Aid 20 from the top spot. But for the next four years, the X Factor singles topped the Christmas charts every year. They were number one in Christmas week. Until 2009, when Joe McElderry was the winner In that year, there was a backlash against The Machine that was the X Factor, and a campaign to stop their song getting to number one. The band Rage Against The Machine emerged as the unlikely anti-heroes in this campaign, and they made it to number one because of the campaign that was raised in their support. And their song Killing In The Name became the Christmas number one. Actually, like Steve Brookstein, Joe McElderry did get to the top of the charts the following week. After that little blip, three more X Factor singles did get to the number one spot. But uh, none have made it to number one since 2014, because since then charity singles and Ed Sheeran have sort of taken over the Christmas number one. Something the X Factor songs have in common is they are not Christmas songs. Sometimes they've had videos that have been kind of Christmassy, but the songs themselves have had no Christmas content at all. And since X Factor, since Band-Aid 20 in fact, there has never been a Christmas number one that has had any reference to Christmas. Actually Ed Sheeran and Elton John nearly did it in 2021. But Christmas music has been changed forever by X Factor. And that's why the X Factor has a place here in the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. So X is for the X Factor. And today we're on the letter X on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Wayne, your host on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Now we like to bring our podcast into land with a Christmas song and the story behind it. And today, for the letter X, I'm going to look at a few songs that have been released with the spelling Xmas in their written title. There's two in particular that have caught my attention, but let's start with uh, a few others. There is a Christmas song from Christina Aguilera. Now, Christina sometimes styles herself Extina. That's how she writes it, but it's meant to be said as Christina. I don't think anyone's ever said Extina, except for me just then. Uh, Appropriately enough, the song is called, well, written down as, Xtina's Xmas. The lyrics of this song, Christina's Christmas, spelt with Xs, are this. It's Christmas time, it's Christmas time, it's Christmas time, Christmas time, it's Christmas time, it's Christmas time. And that's about it, really. Look it up. Eric Clapton released a Christmas album in 2018 with the title Happy Xmas, or Happy Christmas, as I think you'd probably say it. And there, well, there's a few other songs and albums, but not many. But really, there are two big Christmas songs here in Britain that were both published with Xmas in their titles. Both are from British bands, and both were from the early 70s. But they have a very different feel from each other. So I want to come to the end of this episode with these two songs. X is for Happy Xmas War Is Over and Merry Xmas Everybody. These two Christmas songs were Christmas hits in Britain in consecutive years, the heyday of Christmas songs, but they are wildly contrasting. The first is Happy Christmas spelt with an X. Happy Xmas War is Over. And was released in the States in 1971. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. And a new one just begun. The artist is officially called. John and Yoko forward slash Plastic Ono Band with the Harlem Community Choir. This is, of course, John Lennon and Yoko Ono. The song was a protest against the Vietnam War and part of John Lennon and Yoko's campaign of peace activism. It was the first Christmas song released by any of the Beatles as solo artists since the band split up, and it did its best to avoid the sentimental nature of a lot of Christmas songs around at the time. The attitude of the song is summed up in the chorus, a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. The title is Happy Xmas, though I'm sure it's supposed to be read as Christmas, not Xmas. Uh, The title uses the the British way of wishing you a, a seasonal greeting, Happy Christmas. Although the song lyrics actually say a very merry Christmas most of the way through. But in the original version you do get John and Yoko saying Happy Christmas Kyoko, Happy Christmas Julian at the beginning in a sweet personal message to their children. You have to hunt out that version, a lot of versions cut that out of the beginning. Happy Xmas War Is Over wasn't released in Britain until 1972. And only got to number four in the Christmas charts, though it did reach number two in 1981. It was never a Christmas number one. It's one of those songs that's become a perennial Christmas classic without ever being a massive hit. And it's on all those Christmas compilation CDs that you get in supermarkets and a big hit on Spotify. So that was 1972 when it first reached the charts in Britain. But another Xmas hit was on its way in 1973. Are you on your wall? It's the time that, that was, well, the song that defines the British Christmas of the 70s. It's by the group Slade. And it was released as Merry Xmas, Everybody. But again, they never sang Xmas. The word written down as Xmas in the title is supposed to be read as Merry Christmas. Or as Slade's Noddy Holder would simply say, It's Christmas! (laughs) Sorry. The song is glam rock. It, It almost defines glam rock. And it also gets to the heart of what a Christmas party should be like in one three-minute slice of festive excess. It really is a superb song. 1973 really created the race to Christmas number one with the rivalry between this song and a song by Wizard with two Zs called I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. Which was won by Slade and their Merry Christmas, spelt Xmas, everybody. This Slade song is endlessly replayed every year. Uh, if you listen to the Christmas radio here in Britain, you cannot escape it. And to be honest, nobody wants to. And with downloads, it's appeared in the UK charts at Christmas every year since 2006. I kid you not. But it seems to me it's not known in the United States, except for perhaps a few die-hard Christmas fans. Is it something you're familiar with if you listen in the States? You could almost say it's the X, the unknown, of Christmas outside of Britain. It's worth a listen. Merry Xmas or Christmas Everybody by Slade. And it brings us to the end of our X episode on the Christmas Alphabet podcast. Christmas, the now. Only just X is for Happy Xmas War is Over and Merry Xmas Everybody. Although they really should be read as Happy Christmas War is Over And Merry Christmas, everybody. That's the X episode here on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne. And that's it from me for the letter X. We made it. We did it. All the music on this podcast is in the public domain or used for review purposes. Please do tell your friends all about us as we move closer and closer to Christmas. Please point any Christmas fans you know to the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Do look us up on social media. We're at Christmas Alphabet Podcast on Facebook, at Christmas Alpha on Twitter. Christmas Alphabet on Instagram. There's a a few things on there. A positive review would be kindly received, whether that's on Facebook or on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app you choose. Uh, We've got a website at christmasalphabet.com and you can send me a note by email. Thanks for those who have been in touch. The address is wayne at ChristmasAlphabet.com. I'll be back in two weeks. As we get closer to the end of the alphabet, we're getting closer to Christmas. In two weeks' time, we'll have the letter Y in our Christmas alphabet. We'll be looking at Yule and Yule logs and you'll never know what else unless you listen. Thank you for being with us today. And may the joy of Christmas be with you all year round.